You know, um, some of the worship team keep playing, but go ahead and be seated for a second. So I want you to receive what was placed in my heart. And thank you, Father. Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. For I know the thoughts and plans that I have for you, says the Lord. Thoughts and plans of peace. And not evil to give you hope in your final outcome. And this, this, this scripture has been such a, a anchor to my soul, so to speak. And it's not just because it's a great slogan that goes on a coffee mug or a devotional or a card that encourages someone. But the truth and the reality of this scripture, if you could get a hold of it. Because this scripture in itself was written in a time that, that the people of God were tormented, they were frustrated because they were in bondage. And the enemy was wanting to tell them one thing. There was those that were prophesying that they would be like this and they would be in bondage forever. And God tells Jeremiah, I want you to write a letter and I want you to write it to the leaders and I want you to read it before them and I want you to tell them to not listen to their false prophets. They said, actually didn't say false, don't listen to your prophets. And he says, don't even listen to your own dreams. See, there there comes a time when we look at our situation and, and we look at what we're going through that we can't allow our situation to prophesy our future. You can't allow other people to prophesy your future. You can't allow the media to prophesy your future. You can't allow everyone else to tell you a time frame of how long that you're going to have to endure this. Now, it, it didn't say God. God wasn't saying that, you know, that because they were God's people that they would never experience bondage. The issue was in the midst of their bondage, God was saying, don't pay attention to what everyone else is saying. And he, and he tells them, he goes, why? Because I know the thoughts and plans that I have for you. See, because your plans, your dreams, and other prophets or other people speaking things may be something different that's totally opposite of God's desire. But in this scripture, and why it's such an anchor to my soul is because it is God's desire for you and me. It is God's desire for all of humanity. It's God's desire for his people. For I know the thoughts and plans that I have for you, says the Lord. Thoughts and plans of peace and not evil to give you hope in your final outcome. There, there is an outcome of whatever you're facing right now. There's an outcome of whatever you're going through. And you know what? And God's desired outcome is for good and not evil. Amen. No matter how pressured you might feel when you're facing a situation. I know in general we're talking about the things going on with Harvey, but how about you individually? How about you personally? How does it pertain to your marriage, your family, your children, your workplace, your finances, whatever it is? You got to understand that where, where I'm at right now doesn't determine the rest of my life. What I'm facing right now doesn't have to affect the rest, what doesn't have to control the rest of my life. Why? Because I know the thoughts and God plans that God has for me. He has thoughts and plans about you. Allow his plans and his thoughts to create a vision for your next step in life. 
allow his plans and his thoughts because it says his plans are good and to give you hope in your final outcome. This is God's desire. You know, I was reading a statement that Annette had written in my journal, something that we were praying over this week and and, and she was using a scripture and it was going along with some things the Lord was speaking to me about this morning as well. And, 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 the, and the phrase was, I, I see your affliction. I see your affliction. And, 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 and when I read that, I, it's, in, it's in Exodus chapter 3. And, and, and I see your uh, affliction. And, and, and see, one thing that I've had to encounter in my own relation, I believe everyone that needs to encounter this for themselves because, because your Christianity has to go beyond your pastor's Christianity. Your Christianity has to go beyond your parents' Christianity. See, it, it, you, have to, you have to come to a place where you have a personal revelation of who God is in your life. And, and, and if, you, if you're not careful, is everyone else's revelation is going to dictate your emotions instead of what your revelation of who God is. See, it doesn't matter what, what we're facing. You know, the, the situation that Annette and I experienced, we're, we're out, we had just went for a, a, a seven-mile hike, and, and we're coming back, leaving Yosemite Park, and, and we, we get to the, to the end of the park to leave, to go back to where we were staying, and the park ranger says, um, your, your hotel's been evacuated. And we're like, and you can't go there. I'm like, what? <laughs> like, all our clothes, everything's there. And like, okay, well, depending on what happens, we'll have to mail everything to you. We're like, okay. But at that point, we had to, we still had to, we had to make a a decision. It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. Because God sees you right where you are. He sees what you're going through. He sees what you're facing. He sees your hurt. He sees your loss. Let's go to Genesis. If you all want to sit down, you can sit down. If you want to sit on the edge, you can sit on the edge. I'm just flowing this morning. Hallelujah. Genesis chapter 16. And this is a story of, we, we see in the story a lady named Hagar, which is Abraham and Sarah's handmaiden. And, and we see how said Sarah dealt angrily, angrily with her. And she got upset in verse 7. And she runs away from Abraham and Sarah. Verse 6 talks about that. Verse 7 says, But the angel of the Lord found her by a spring of water in the wilderness on the road to shore. See, a lot of times we can feel like wherever we're at might be a wilderness. Place to sure is is a, a, a place of wondering. So here, the angel of the Lord saw her there, in this place of uh, for running away. Verse eight says, "And he said, the angel of the Lord said, Hagar, Sarah's maid, where did you come from, and where you're intending to go?" And she said, "I'm running away from my mistress Sarai." Verse nine, the angel of the Lord said to her, "Go back to your mistress and submit to her control." You, you see, 
Here, she was afflicted. <laughs> Here, she was hurt. But yet the angel of the Lord showed up. Now, in my talking about the angel of the Lord here at the bottom of my Bible, it says this. It says. Thank you, Father. The angel of the Lord or of God or of his presence readily identified with the Lord God. But it is obvious that the angel of the Lord is a distinct person in himself from the God Father. Nor does the angel of the Lord appear again after Christ came in human form. He must of necessity be one of the three in one Godhead. The angel of the Lord is the visible Lord God of the Old Testament as Jesus Christ is in the New Testament. So here we see the angel of the Lord who is a representation of Jesus and he shows up in the midst of her affliction. Tells her to go back and submit to the control. Verse 10 says, and also the angel of the Lord said to her, I will multiply your descendants exceedingly so that they shall not be numbered for a multitude. And the angel of the Lord continued, see now you are with child and shall bear a son and shall call his name Ishmael because the Lord has heard and paid attention to your affliction. So get this, here she is broken, but yet God prophesies to her future. God prophesies to the fact that, that right now you see yourself in a wilderness. Right now you see yourself in this horrible place. But I want you to know that your descendants are going to multiply. That they're going to increase. So don't allow what you're currently going through to dictate your future. Or control your future. Verse 12 and, and verse 13 says, so she, so she called the name of the Lord. Who spoke to her, you are the God of seeing. For she said, have not I even here in the wilderness looked upon him who sees me and lived? Or have I here also seen the future purpose or design of him who sees me? That's the Amplified. Therefore, the well was called, barely I row I, the well to the living one who sees me. You see, here, when she was in her affliction, what happened? God revealed himself. God always wants to reveal himself. We see this again in Exodus chapter 3 and in, in, in chapter 2. It talked about how the children of Israel cried to the Lord because of their affliction. And what does God do? God sends Moses. And he sends Moses as a messenger to declare deliverance. But what was one of the ultimate things he was sent to declare? A name. Moses says, well, who should I say that sent me? He says, I am that I am. Amen. You see, in the midst of them crying out to God, what was, what was the answer? God sending someone to reveal who God is. Yes. To reveal I'm the I am. Whatever you need to be, need me to be, I am. I am a deliverer. I am a healer. I am a restorer. He sees you in your affliction. He sees you where you are. And in the midst of the affliction is the time that he desires to reveal himself to you just the way you need him to. So grateful that we have the great Holy Spirit. 
Who's the Holy Spirit? He is a revealer of truth. He came to not talk of himself, but talk of Jesus. Go to John chapter 17. John chapter 17. Hallelujah. Fill this place today, Father. Thank you for revealing yourself to us today, Father. Reveal yourself in this place. See, when God revealed himself to Hagar, what happened? It produced hope. God revealed himself to Moses. It produced hope on the inside of Moses to to go to his people to set them free. And then what? Give them a revelation of who God is to build hope in them. John chapter 17. Hallelujah. Let's look in verse 1. These words spoke Jesus and lifted his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify thy son, that thy son also may glorify thee. As you've given him power over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as you have given him. And this is life eternal, that you might know the only true God in Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. I have glorified thee on earth. I have finished the work which you gave me to do. And now, O Father, glorify thou me with thine own self, with the glory which I had with thee before the world was. I have manifested thy name Unto the men which you gave me out of the world. Amplified says, I have manifested your name. I revealed your very self, your real self. Let's look at verse 26. Amplified says, I have made your name known to them and revealed your character, your very self, and will continue to make you known. That the love which you have bestowed upon me may be in them, that I myself may be in them. So here we see, we see God, the angel of the Lord revealed to Hagar. And what did what? Reveal who God is in the midst of her affliction. What did, what did, what did God do with Moses? It, it showed up to, to reveal who he was in the midst of the people's affliction. And what does Jesus say? I have made your name known to them. I have revealed your very character, your very nature, your very self. You see, if, if, we, if I took the time to go back to, to Luke chapter 2, we, we see what's going on in this time. And we see there were people, and we know of a prophetess named Anna, and we know of Simeon. And it said, and it said all those that were waiting, waiting for the redemption, waiting for the delivering of Israel. You see, there were people in Israel, God's people, and they were in bondage. And it said there was a whole group of them that were praying constantly for the coming of the Messiah. And it, 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 that, that, that they were waiting for this redemption. They were expecting this redemption. And all of a sudden, Jesus shows up. And he tells us, I've come to make my father's name known. So are we, when, we, when we see Jesus... We're seeing the Father's character. You know what? We never saw Jesus make someone sick. Never. 
We never saw Jesus starting a storm. But we saw him stop a storm. We never saw Jesus take from someone. The only thing he took were just a few fish and a few loaves. But yet they multiplied to where there were 12 baskets left over. We never saw Jesus. So if we want to, if we want to see and, and allow the nature of the Father to be revealed to us, we have to look at Jesus. Because you know what? He sees you in your affliction. I love how Annette brought out the, the, the whole aspect of Mary and Martha. She saw them in their affliction. Was, I am the resurrection and I am the life. What did he do? I, he revealed himself. People were needing light in the world. What did Jesus say? I am the light of the world. They were talking about bread and talking about manna. What did he say? Well, I am the bread of life. If you look through the book of John, he, Jesus reveals another aspect of his nature in every book of the book of John. No matter how far away you might feel like you're from God or whatever, he's always wanting to reveal not religion to you. He's always wanting to reveal his nature. So when you're in the midst of afflictions, he sees you. But realize at the same time, he's wanting you to see him. And allow him to reveal who he is. His name. What about his name? His his name. When we talk about someone's name, what are we talking about? We're talking about two primary things. When you talk about someone's name, you're talking about their character. And you're talking about their authority. When you talk about someone's name, you know, where there, there's things associated with names. When when you when I when I when I say if I say the name Justin Bridges. You, all of a sudden, you're going to have some different identifications with that. Well, he's a, he's, a, he's a father. He's a husband. He's a pastor. There's going to be things associated with that name. So when you take on a name, and, and, there, and I could talk, talk about negative names. I could, I could name someone's name, name and, and all of a sudden, you're going to be like, oh, no, well, that, that person. They, why? Because you associated something negative with that name. Why? Because of their character. But also their name represents authority. Because my name, last name is Bridges, I have certain authority as it pertains to my parents' will. And my parents' assets. Why? Because of my name. So when we talk about a name, we have to realize it's character and it's authority. It's character and it's power. So when Jesus talked about revealing, revealing the name, I came and I revealed and I made his name known. What was he revealing? His character and his ability. His name. His name. So many different directions I could talk about as it pertains to the name. He sees you in his, in your affliction. But for the rest of the time we have this morning, I want 
you to allow him to reveal himself to you. I just want to read a few more scriptures. This is Psalms 103. And then we're going to go into some worship. Psalms 103. It says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. His holy name. This set-apart name. Bless the Lord, all my soul, and forget not all of his benefits, who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit of corruption, who beautifies and dignifies and crowns you with love and kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies your mouth with good so that your youth is renewed like the eagle's. He goes on and talks about how, how he, he did, he showed Moses his ways, but the children of Israel just saw his acts. What does that mean? Moses understood his character, but everyone else just saw the results. I want to be the one that knows his character. I want to know him, not just what he might do. I want to know him. His name, Psalm 72. Verse 17 says, his name shall endure forever. His name shall continue as long as the sun. Let me read that again. His name shall endure forever. His name shall continue as long as the the sun. Indeed, his name continues before the sun. And men shall be blessed and bless themselves by him. And all nations shall call him blessed. Blessed be the Lord God, the God of Israel, who alone does wondrous things. Blessed be his glorious name forever. Let the whole earth be filled with his glory. Amen and amen. The prayers of David, the son of Jesse, are ended. And what a way to end a prayer. His name shall endure. His name shall continue as long as the sun. Wow. Blessed be the Lord God, the God of Israel, who alone does wondrous things. Blessed be his glorious name. Let the whole earth be filled with his glory. Allow his name this morning to produce hope on the inside of you. His name endures forever. Let's look at Proverbs chapter 18. Thank you, Father. Verse 10. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and is safe. Wow. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous runneth into it and is safe. Thank you, Father. Amplified says, The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The consistently righteous man, upright and right standing with God, runs into it and is safe. High above evil and strong. Wow. Man. The name of the Lord is a strong 
You see, when you allow him to reveal himself to you, it brings strength to your life. It, it brings, it's, it's like I said, it's an anchor, can be an anchor to your soul. And this word this morning that he is a restorer. He is a restorer. When you look, when you're in the midst of looking at chaos, no matter what it looks like, believe in him enough to where you can say, restore, restore, restore. If you're in the midst of chaos this morning, just allow this to build up on your heart. He's restoring my life. He's restoring my life. Jesus said, I came to make his very name known, to reveal his character. So when Jesus stood up on, the day, on, on that day in Luke, in Luke chapter 418, reading out of Isaiah 61, and he says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he sent me to heal, preach the gospel to the poor, to heal the brokenhearted, to restore. The, what was he saying? He was delivering to us. He was revealing to us the nature of the father. And his desire for all humanity. Where are you at right now? You know, in the Hebrews, it says that Jesus, it says he's our high priest. And he says he's touched with the feeling. He's touched with the feeling of our infirmities. He's touched with the feeling of our infirmities. You got to realize if you're hurting, he hurts. According to scripture, he's touched with the feeling of our infirmities. You, you, you feel loneliness. You know what? He felt loneliness. He took on the weight of sin and he took on the weight of everything that sin produced in the earth. He, he took on the feeling of guilt. He took on the feeling of shame. He took on the feeling of all these things. When he went to the lower parts of the earth, he had to take on these things. And he was touched with the feeling of our infirmities, our weaknesses, everything that we would ever encounter emotionally. Jesus was touched with it. But he said, I've revealed who you are, Father. Revealed who you are. Turn around to the disciples and he, he told them, he told, told them to go in this name. This name. Let's go to John 20. I don't believe scriptures were given to us for something to memorize. I believe scriptures were given to us for us to encounter God. And John 20, verse 30 says, And many other signs truly did Jesus... In the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. Think about that. Many other signs truly did Jesus in the presence of his disciples. Wow. Which are not written in this book. But these are written 
that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, in that believing you might have life through his name. What are the scriptures all about? It's that you might know God, that you know, might know Jesus, and that you might have life through his name. Don't walk away from scripture with it or, or, or approach scripture, I should say, as, well, I got I to gotta get in this word because I got I to gotta get in the scripture. I got to get in the scripture. No, this word is to produce life. The scriptures are written that you might know God, that you might know Jesus, and that you might know life. Because when you get in this book, and he reveals himself to you, your heart will be flooded with life. Your heart will be flooded with light. Thank you for your presence in this place today, Father. We have life through your name. Father, to those watching by way of internet and those here this morning or those that will watch later on, Father, or listen later on, I just thank you that you're revealing yourself to them. Yes, Father. First John talked about this a few weeks ago and it says as I was in the world as, as I was in the world so are you as my it also says in John it says my father sent me so I send you when Jesus sent what did we read this morning that he sent to do to reveal his name. Verse 6 says, to manifest his name. And Jesus says, my father sent me, so now I send you. Maybe we're supposed to be manifesting his name. It's the authority, the power to influence if we identify with Jesus and we, we identify with who he is, then, then what are we doing? We put ourselves in the same position that my life is all about revealing the nature of the Father and revealing the nature to Jesus everywhere I go. Bind up the brokenhearted. Restore. Lay hands on the sick and see them recover. Bring, bring deliverance. Cast out devils. Raise the dead. Heal the sick. Lay hands on them. Speak with new tongues. Yes, yes. Revealing the Father. Our world right now needs us to reveal the Father. The world needs us to reveal Jesus.
He sees you. He sees you right where you, you are. Probably getting this in a couple weeks, but Jesus told the disciples, freely as you've received, freely give. Whatever God's revealing himself to you in this season of your life, make sure you're turning around and revealing that to someone else. We're never meant to hoard or keep and the things that God's given us. As the body of Christ, we are to be distribution centers. Yeah, well, and most of the time we, we think of finances and aspect and it has to do with that. But, but how about everything that we are? Everything that we know. Just, just distributing Jesus, distributing love, distributing peace, delivering, just distributing hope everywhere we go. Why? Revealing the nature of the Father. Thank you, Father. I just want us to just take, a time, take time to worship. Stand to your feet.